And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. This is the Civilized Barking Podcast with Zach Jackson. Hey everybody, it's the Civilized Barking Browns Podcast. Zach Jackson counting you down to Sunday, the home opener. Always a wild time uh, on the lakefront. Browns 1-0 hosting the Jets 0-1. The Browns aren't perfect. It was a wild one on Sunday, uh, but they're 1-0. This is the first 1-0 podcast, uh, Civilized Barking podcast. This is the first time the Browns have been 1-0 since podcasts were invented. Anyway, we're on to a new team, new era, new week, right? Um, I think you could fairly make the case that the Browns had no business losing that game and that, that they then stole victory from the jaws of defeat is a very Browns thing, but they got the win. We know they need to build some momentum and stack some wins early if they're going to have any shot at the playoffs. The run offense is awesome. The pass offense is a gosh darn adventure. Um, That's going to continue, right? And if the Browns can run it and continue to use the variety of using both backs and um, using extra tackles as tight ends and running Anthony Schwartz on ends arounds, using the creativity there, um, they're going to have a chance. And so, like, there's a lot to like about this team in terms of good players and continuity helping you, and I think it certainly has. Like We know what the base offense is supposed to look like, what it does look like, and that's good, and you can build off of that, and that's important. Um, but you know, 10 out of 10 times, you'd look at the secondary and say it's pretty good, and the receiving core and say it's pretty bad. Well, last week, the secondary falters in the fourth quarter. The receiving core steps up. Peoples, Jones, and Schwartz make big plays, and the Browns win. So here they are at 1-0, um, two home games. Um, should be low-scoring, ugly games, which the Browns are built to play in. You know, last week they it was a low-scoring game until Robbie Anderson just wasn't covered, and it got wild. But um, the Browns have every chance to be 2-0, 3-0, 4-0. They just do, guys, and and they better, right? So uh, Jacoby Brissett is a likable guy, um, and I thought he did a nice job last week in avoiding sacks and avoiding the big mistake. And, you know, the Browns trust that he's going to keep the right demeanor and the right preparation and all that. He is not an NFL starting quarterback, and this past game stinks. But Peoples-Jones made plays, and Kareem Hunt made plays, and Schwartz made the big play. You know, Amari Cooper didn't put up the numbers, but he's going to be there. So we'll just see. We'll see how they keep it going. Um, and and we'll see where it goes. So what we're going to do, eventually I'm going to have my colleague Zach Rosenblatt, uh, who covers the Jets, come on. We're going to talk about that game. I'm going to do some Asking Jackson questions. Uh, by the time you hear this or, or soon, there will be an Asking Jackson written mailbag up on The Athletic where I try to touch on a bunch of different things. So let me just run through here. Uh, question from Dave. Is Joe Flacco trauma a real thing? He's 17-3 and three against the Browns. Is this a trap game? Do I need therapy? Yes, you need therapy. Is this a trap game to an extent? Um do I believe in trap games? Maybe. Do I think there are factors that play into an NFL, over the course of an NFL schedule? There's a human element and factors of teams that are desperate and teams that have good players 
and public perception saying no way a certain result could happen. And then all of a sudden, boom, I mean, like 70% of survivor pools got blown up last week by all those crazy things that happened, right? Um, yes, is this a classic letdown spot for the Browns? Yes. Is it possible that the Browns' defense is good but not as great as it was for two and a half quarters last week because they were focusing on Baker Mayfield? And if anybody knows Baker Mayfield's limitations, it's the Browns, and they were able to exploit it. Yeah. So I expect the Jets to be better. But, man, they got O-line issues. Flacco's old and immobile. The receiving course, okay. They got some nice young players, Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson, um, you know. The Browns are just better and should win this game. Do I think it'll be easy? No. We will see. Um, question here. Let's see which didn't I get to in the thing. Yeah, question from Randy. Do you see the offense evolving as Jacoby becomes more comfortable? Well, sure, um, and it has to. Um, but, you know, it has to run through these backs. And so eventually you can screen to Njoku instead of screening to Kareem. And eventually you can do other things off that um, fake end around and stuff. But in this league, you have to complete passes. And Peoples-Jones, to his credit, you know, helped him complete passes. I totally understand Stefanski's thinking in the first quarter. I don't want Cade York's first kick to be a 54-yarder. But your kicker is a much better player than your quarterback. So when you can't run um, and when it's not an easy pass, it's it's going to be tough. You know, I liked how they took – they were – it just seemed to me they – I mean, Stefanski, the quarterback, quarterback's coach Drew Petzing, offensive coordinator Alex Van Pelt. I think they were very comfortable in their own skin last week. And I thought, you know, the operation wasn't always smooth. That's week one. And, you know, they made the choice to not make Jacoby the starter until midway through training camp because of all the Deshaun Watson shit. And, and they are playing for way, way down the road. And way, way down the road, they feel like that's when – You'll see Schwartz and Bell and Najoku have a chance to take their games to the next level when there's a real NFL quarterback uh, in there. But I thought using the backs, using Michael Dunn, I think 11 snaps as an extra tackle or tight end, moving Jedrick Wills the other side, going imbalanced, you know, feeding Schwartz the ball and end around to let him get the nerves out and let him get involved, use his one asset, which is speed. And then for him to get that confidence. Anthony Schwartz is a super likable kid, guys. He's a kid. He's never. He's not near ready to be an NFL receiver. Um, the team has put him in positions to continue to develop. The team has probably put him in a position where he has to play more than he's ready for. I don't know that he'll ever be good enough because when you're not a natural pass catcher, you're not a natural pass catcher. You know, you can get better at the little things. I don't know if you can get better at that, but he has some pretty rare speed and he can help this offense. And so. Again, this offense is going to get and is going to need more from Cooper and the Joku as far as what shows up on the stat sheet. And there will be better run defenses than the Carolina Panthers. Um, but, you know, the Browns, with those guards pulling in that screen game and those both backs both in a rotation and occasionally using them in different formations to make the defense guess and see something they don't see every week, that'll work. Nick Chubb running through people will work. Kareem Hunt jumping over people and spinning around them and diving forward always, um, that'll work. So we'll see. So the second part of Randy's question, how do you th see things changing on offense when Watson return? It will eventually be a complete off, different offense. Randy, that's so far away. This These Browns have to try to find a way to win five games without him. They have every chance in the world to be 4-0. I don't know that they can win another game. 
um, we'll see. You know, it, it really is. Let's go full Stefanski, full cliche. It's one at a time. There is an 88% chance that the Browns beat the Jets. There's a 60% chance that the Browns beat the Steelers. They got to do that. They got to do it one at a time. And whether it's 13 points, 17 points, 19 points, they got to find a way to do it. Um, and Peoples Jones and Schwartz have to keep progressing and, and plays got to get made and the operations got to get cleaner. And then those backs got to eat. So we'll just see what happens um, with all of that. Uh, question from Ty. Do you think Emerson is better than Greedy right now? I think he's a big upgrade. Yeah, I mean, I would say this. Emerson looks really impressive and is off to a really impressive start. And I think it speaks to his development and the team's scouting and the team's development that he's in the spot. Obviously, Greedy's hurt and is not going to play for at least a month. Um, he's still a very young rookie who's in some new spots, and he's going to face bigger challenges than being out there um, against Baker Mayfield and the Panthers in week one, quite frankly. So Martin Emerson, MJ Emerson, as I guess he wants to go by, although it's still Martin on the official roster, he is a keeper, and he is a good player, and he's going to help the Browns right now. So I would avoid, in most cases right now, who's better than who and who's what. I think it's important when guys play, when guys develop, and guys get ready. I think both in terms of health snap count and long-term thinking I think the Browns are doing the right thing limiting some guys on snap counts putting Emerson in that spot rotating guys um, as they did last week at linebacker at corner you know at receiver those guys got to play so um, we'll eventually have a body of work on which to judge these guys right and right now like the body of work Chubb has one, and Hunt has one, and Miles has one, and you know what those guys are going to bring every single week, and that's why the Browns have a chance to win with this decrepit passing game. right? Other guys are just developing one, and a few preseason snaps and one really bizarre week one game. There's not much of a body of work for the guys that don't have one. So ride those running backs, ride that offensive line, and that big-legged kicker, and see where it can go. Question from Josh. I want to get to this, and then we'll move on. Um, did the Browns forego team captains last year because the players didn't want Baker as a captain, and the fault for not voting for him would have been too much for the locker room? You know, I don't know that for a fact, Josh. Um, Stefanski did not elect captains in his first year either. Now, that first year was new coach, COVID, new system, whole deal. Um, I can't say that for a fact. No one will ever answer that. That was my vibe at the time. Uh, it would be a very bad look, and it would – lead to awkward questions if you had a player vote and the quarterback was not elected captain so um listen baker's in the past that's in the past last year sucked for the browns right it was bad coaching it was bad quarterbacking it was bad playing it was not meeting expectations this right now is about the browns trying to survive every week in a fight they have team captains they have continuity they like their team and they're trying to win this game and they're trying to win next week's game so um we'll talk about baker when he's on a new team next year or he's on TV where he'll be really good. Uh, Baker and the Browns are, you know, we'll see. All right. Um, there will be a written Askin Jackson mailbag. There will be lots of chances to talk. Um, let's, let me dial up uh, my colleague here in New Jersey and let's move on to the next stage of this podcast. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, as promised, we go out to the great state of New Jersey. We bring in my new colleague, Zach Rosenblatt. Zach and Zach talking Browns and Jets. Um, Zach, it was ugly in week (laughs) one. Robert Salas keeping receipts. Um, Are are there going to be any trees left here in a few weeks if he's really keeping receipts? (laughs) Oh, man, yeah, it's – the Jets have a way of, you know, turning nothing into something all the time. And, like, it, if you just didn't say that, then nobody would be bringing it up. So, um, but, yeah, it was uh, yeah, it was an ugly game. You know, they you know they kept it close for a while. I don't think the Ravens, like, really up. Like, I know the final score looked bad. But they, they just made, like, mistake after mistake after mistake. And it was it was pretty brutal. And good teams don't do that, obviously. But um, Jets fans are freaking out right now. Yeah. So I don't want to kill the next 15 or 20 minutes with one question, but I just want to throw it to you like this. Here's how I see it. Like, of course, the Jets are going to be pissed off. Of course, they're going to be better and they're going to be desperate. Um, But like, if you don't have an offensive line and you don't have a mobile quarterback, how in the hell are you going to beat the Browns on the road in week two? Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a very fair question. You know, and that's that was always a concern with Flacco. He can't move. And if his offensive line wasn't ready to go like that. I think they have talent on the offensive line, but they this group has like not really played together like at all, even like during camp. So it's uh so it was it was a rough showing in week one. Their only real hope is if the offensive line plays better, and obviously the the Browns are even better on the defensive line. So it's uh it's gonna be a challenge. You know they they only took like one they only had one pass that like traveled over twenty yards in the air against the Ravens. They were and and that was with Flacco throwing fifty nine passes. So it's like pretty hard to not throw any deep passes uh, right. that, that whole time. Like they ran the ball pretty well, but. Once you fall behind, you can't really run anymore. So it's, uh, yeah, I mean, the only chance they have really is if they take a lead in the beginning and then they can try and just, you know, grind down the clock and, and keep keep the Browns off the field and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of their only hope. If they come out and score quickly, uh, then maybe they have a chance. But if the Browns go ahead, like, it, it's going to be over pretty quick. Yeah, so how, how do they get something going in the quick passing game? What does that look like for Browns fans who haven't seen the Jets? Yeah, you know, I it, it's a – it's a good question. You know, I it, we're still kind of figuring out what it looks like with this with this team because they have so many new pieces in in Flacco at quarterback. But you know, they 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 revamped their tight end position. They got Tyler Conklin and C.J. Uzama. I think they want to get them involved. They they're going to get Garrett Wilson more involved, the first round pick who didn't really play much uh, last week in the beginning of the game. Um, and so I think you're going to see a lot of quick passes from Joe to those guys. You know, passes to Michael Carter out of the backfield. I don't think you'll. I mean, maybe you hope they they take a deep shot or two, but I. My, my guess is they're going to try and get the ball out of Flacco's hands as quick as possible. So you're going to see a lot of, you know, dink and dunks and, you know, slants and things that are short in the short to mid intermediate range. And if that's working and they're kind of slowly moving up the field, they'll, they'll take it. You know, it's probably, if they're going to win this game, it's going to be a low scoring one. They're not going to, it's not going to be a 31 to 28 game. And they're, they're going to have to hold the Browns to nothing and score a little bit more than them. Yeah. I mean, I thought the Browns would be low scoring last week and it was until they, 
you know, blue one coverage. But yeah, you, I mean, you got to think like both teams, right. Envisioning like 19 being enough in this one. Yeah. I mean, I imagine that with the quarterbacks, both teams are playing. That's kind of like, you just hope to get in and out until you can eventually get your, I know it's longer for the Browns, obviously with, with Watson, but um, like with these, these quarterbacks aren't really capable of doing much more than they're like the bare minimum. So. All right, Zach. So, I mean, there's, there's one question. It's kind of like oxygen and water. Um, <laughs> can they stop the run? Because that, that is how you, you give yourself a chance uh, to pull an upset on the Browns. Yeah. I mean, I, I think they can, I, you know, last year they were one of the worst run defenses in the NFL, but you know, the Ravens, you know, I know the Ravens aren't, you know, the Ravens of the last three years, at least not in the beginning of the year, JK Dobbins hurt. Lamar Jackson didn't really play at all in uh, the preseason, uh, but they held them all game. They contained like they contained Lamar. They contained that rushing attack. They were not really able to stop the passing attack as the game went along. But this Jets defense is legit talented. I know they're kind of the laughing stock of the league right now because of the way things went and what Salah said. But th- their defense has some legit talent. Their defensive line is, is pretty deep and talented. Uh, you know, Carl Lawson is back. They have Quinn and Williams, um, a couple other veteran guys, Jonathan Franklin Myers. Um, their linebackers are better, and their their safety safety spot is a weak spot. But uh, yeah, to answer your question, they 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 showed last week that they're a much improved run defense. I think, and you know, Nick Chubb is a different animal, obviously, than you know Mike Davis and Kenyon Drake and all that stuff. And Kareem Hunt is is offers a different element too. So it, it's certainly gonna be a challenge. But I think they can contain it. Whether they will, you know, if they keep this up, or you know, if the offense keeps getting off the field and forcing the defense to play more snaps again, like it, it could get ugly. Yeah, it's not a, a good team to have punter issues either, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, <laughs> um, that's a what, great they, point. So is a punter hurt, or is he just bad, or is it both? <laughs> I mean, both, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, the injury thing came up uh, yesterday. We didn't know about that until yesterday. But, yeah, they, they signed a punter onto the practice squad. We all thought it was you know, an, an indication they were going to move on from Braden Mann, who they drafted a few years ago in a terrible jab class. Um, yeah, he's, uh, he, had a, he, had like a, he shanked a 20-yard punt uh out of bounds like i think it went into the stands and then the raven so the raven started at like the the jets 40 yard line and obviously scored pretty quick yeah yeah no you have to you, you got to make the browns go 80 right like um you know they, they kind of pulled they didn't end up putting it away but they kind of pulled away last week because it one turnover changed everything right and, and i expect that to be the same kind of game this week where you just you know it's going to be low scoring you know if the other team gets to a number you're not getting there either team yeah, right. yeah. So, I mean, it's it's gonna be whatever team makes more mistakes, and you know, history points to the Jets making more mistakes. But you know, <laughs> the, the, the NFL, like the, the week one, was as weird as it can get with all the teams that won and stuff. Yeah, so and, I, and historically, week one and week two are weird. Yeah, right. Exactly. So, but but as as I look at it, Zach, and I've only honestly had a chance to watch a little bit of last week's Jets game so far. Like, I, I that's the only case I can make for the Jets is week two gets weird, right? Like the, the Browns are the better team at most positions this week. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I, I think, you know, the Jets' hope is that their defense keeps playing like it did last week and that Flacco just doesn't make mistakes and that the offensive line, you know, it's a lot of ifs, a lot of ifs. Sure. And that, that's kind of what the Jets have been living on this, this whole offseason because, you know, there's no evidence of them being able to, you know, take the next step. Um, I think they're, they're more talented. Like, I don't think they're the, the worst team in the NFL, like they're being ranked across the league right now. So I, I, I do think they can be competitive against the Browns. Whether, whether they can beat them, you know, that's – up for debate because that, that Browns defensive line is going to really, you know, Max Mitchell is a fourth round rookie at right tackle who they didn't even plan on playing this year. And he's starting and, you know, George Fant struggled the other day, even Lakin Tomlinson, a guy that they signed and was a pro bowler last year, had an awful game in week one. So like if that offensive line is not holding up, 
and even good offensive linemen don't hold up against Miles Garrett, as you know. So it's uh, right. so that that's the biggest concern, obviously. And you know, you you assume they're going to lose that battle, and if they lose that battle, they're going to lose the game. So yeah. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, so before we get out of here, I mean, if a Browns fan just takes a glance at last week's box score, um, looking at the Jets, it's a little skewed because they just threw like crazy, right? And they were way down. But in that time, did they find anything? Um, You know, in that passing game, People here obviously know Garrett Wilson. You said he, he played later in the game. Like, is there somebody or something that maybe they found, um, you know, that could help them if the offense gets a spark this week? Honestly, I, Garrett, you answered already. It's Garrett Wilson. Like, he, they didn't really play him in the first quarter. Robert Sala said the reason was they wanted to go heavy on tight ends. Uh, so they were doing a lot of 12 and 13 personnel in the beginning. And so he, he wasn't the receiver that's out there for those groupings. I think they quickly realized them, not quickly enough, I guess, but they realized they made a mistake. He went out there. He, he like immediately made this you know, really acrobatic and impressive play where Joe Flacco just like, you know, sorted up in the air from across the opposite side of the field. Garrett Wilson caught it. He like juked like three defenders and nearly got a first down on third and long. Like he, he just the most dynamic guy they have in that offense already, I think. And his ceiling is extremely high. And he's kind of the one where, you know, if you're not able to make those deep plays, you're not able to throw it down the field to, to, you know, Elijah Moore and Corey Davis or the tight ends aren't producing like Garrett Wilson's a guy that can, you know, make plays after the catch. And I, so I think if somebody's going to, you know, ch- open the game up, it'll be him, you know, him making a catch short, ju- juking a guy and making him making a huge gain. And if Garrett Wilson can get involved early and make a big play, then then things might be a little better. All right, Zach, I make my official pick uh, in my This Week in Browns column on Friday. It probably will be Friday before a lot of people listen. So um Putting you on the spot. You want to go first or you want me to go first? You go first. Okay. Um, I think it's not going to be a blowout. I, I think we are going to get the Jets' best effort. Um, and I think, you know, you can run the ball right at the Browns, and, and that's a way to keep the pass rush at bay. But, you know, I do I think Flacco can go a whole game without a big mistake or a huge Miles Garrett play? No. So I think it's a grinder. Um, I think the Jets cover. Uh, but I'm going to go 19-14 Browns. Yeah, you know, I – I've gone back and forth. Like Flacco's the ultimate factor. Like I, I do think the Jets can win this game. I, I don't think I can get all the way there to predict it. At least not yet. You know, I, I'm going to predict on our Jets podcast tomorrow, like officially. But um, for the sake of this, I'll I'll say something similar. I think Browns twenty, Jets. Uh, I'll say thirteen. 
Okay. All right. So, um, guys, this has been Civilized Barking. Again, we thank you for reading, for listening, for all of that. Uh, it'll be Jason Lloyd and I after the game. And then next week we're on to the short week, the Browns and um, Steelers. So we thank Zach Rosenblatt in New Jersey um, for coming on the podcast to talk Browns Jets. Uh, we recapped a wild week one. We're on to week two. And then we're quickly on to a short week in week three. Um, enjoy it. Exhale, I guess. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time on Civilized Party. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.